Would you open up in your Bibles? We're going to be bouncing around to a few places here today. If you want to go over some of the verses, we'll review. We'll be looking over at Proverbs again. I'll just read them to you. You don't always have to go up there and get them. But today we're going to be looking in this series on healing about the battle between God, the nature of God, and the nature of Satan. And I came upon this story of the battle between God and Satan that started in the garden. It said how it happened. God populated the earth with broccoli and cauliflower and spinach, green and yellow vegetables of all kinds so man and woman would live long and healthy lives. Then Satan created McDonald's. <laughs> and McDonald's brought forth a 99-cent double cheeseburger. Then Satan said to man, you want fries with that? And man said, supersize them. And man gained pounds. God created healthful yogurt so a woman could keep her figure that man found so fair. Then Satan brought forth chocolate. And woman gained pounds. God said, try my crispy fresh salad. Then Satan brought forth ice cream. And men and women gained more pounds. God said, I have set, sent you heart healthy vegetables and olive oil in which to cook them. And Satan brought forth chicken fried steak so big it needed its own platter. And man gained pounds and his bad cholesterol went through the roof. So God brought forth running shoes and man resolved to lose those extra pounds. Then Satan brought forth cable TV with remote controls so man would not have to toil to change channels. And man gained even more pounds. God brought forth the potato, a vegetable naturally low in fat and brimming with nutrition. Then Satan peeled off the healthful skin and sliced the starchy center into chips and deep fried, deep fat fried them. And he created sour cream dip also. And man clutched his remote control and ate potato chips soaked in cholesterol. Satan saw it and said, it is good. And man went into cardiac arrest. God sighed and created quadruple bypass heart surgery. Then Satan created HMOs. <laughs> Well, it's a nice comical story, but there is certainly a true battle between good and evil, God and Satan, and the things that go on there. In the weeks that have, the, the recent weeks have been looking at healing is for me. In Proverbs 16, verse 23, we saw that the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. That our heart or our spirit is to teach our mouth what to speak. And we are not just to say what our flesh says say how we react to things, but we are to say what our spirit teaches our mouth to say and to speak. We looked at how hard it is to hold on to our confession. That Hebrews 10, as well as other places, talks about holding fast our confession. Because God knew there would be an attack against that. When you are believing God for something to go on, for something to happen, Satan will come against it and try and get you to stop talking about it. In James chapter 1, verse 19 through 26, it talks about bridling your tongue, keeping your tongue in line. And certainly we need to do that. We've talked not only in this series, but in ones before, about how the Word of God is to form beliefs in us and how we are to act out of those beliefs. And that's something that we need to do. As a, as a child growing up, and some of you children are here with us this morning, some of you are children, you maybe relate to this. You will never get punished as a child if you respond to your beliefs. The only time that we get in trouble as children 
is when we venture away from what we believe. Now, when you were a child and you got into the chocolate chip cookies before dinner, did you believe that they were for you? No, you believed you could get away with it. Right? But your mom and dad taught you beliefs and if you stay in line with those beliefs that they taught you, you wouldn't get in trouble. Now, how many of you, when you were children, operated in an area where mom and dad didn't teach you beliefs and did something, but you didn't disobey them? You didn't have a belief in that area. You didn't get in trouble. You got exhorted as to what the beliefs were for that next time you encountered it, but you didn't get in trouble. You got in trouble when you operated against your beliefs. When you know I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway, or mom and dad don't want me to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway, you get in trouble. And the same thing goes on with God. God does not discipline when we operate according to beliefs. Now, there are sometimes we believe some things to be false and there are some results that come not from God. But God tries to keep us from that. You just need to get educated, get into the Word of God, find out what the Word of God says and get out of that. But operate according to your beliefs. You won't get in trouble. And form those beliefs from the Word of God. Find out. I mean, what, what would happen... Kids, if you went to your mom and dad and said, Mom and Dad, what should I believe on this subject? How should I operate in this area? And they say, well, you should be doing this after you picked them up off the floor. <laughs> you should be doing this. And then you went out and did that. You'd probably get ample rewards from Mom and Dad. Go ahead home try this week and try it. See what happens. Tell me. Psalms 37 verse 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Now, of course, understand when man says man there is talking about all of us, not just the males in the audience. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Why is God so concerned with your steps? In Psalms 37, 29 through 32, the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom and his tongue talks of justice. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide the wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. Now here's a big one. Psalm 17. Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer which is not from deceitful lips. Let my vindication come from your presence. Let your eyes look on the things that are upright. You have tested my heart you have visited me in the night. You have tried me and found nothing. I have purposed that my mouth shall not transgress concerning the works of men by the words of your lips. I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. Understand this verse. I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. Uphold my steps in your paths, that my footsteps may not slip. God is concerned with your steps because if your steps put you on the wrong path, you can end up on the path of the destroyer and not on the path of the life giver. In Psalms 40, verse 1 through 4, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. Established my steps. 
He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the, tr- the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud nor such as turn aside to lives. It's talking a lot here about your way. And this is what we want you to know. The Word of God is very concerned about the way in which you walk, the steps of which you take, and who it is that you follow. Mm-hmm. Now, I need to show you an example here. And for that, I need one of our children that are over here from Children's Church who have been to the shore. Anyone will do as long as they have been to the shore. Appreciate having all those volunteers over there. John has been to the shore. John will qualify and can come on up. Come on up here. All right, now, John, I want you to stand over here and I want you to take a walk down to that pole and come on back to observe the things that you see as you go on over there. And I want you to come on back here and report what kind of things did you see as you were traveling? Uh, people. People? Uh huh. Chairs. Yeah, chairs. And yeah. Uh, the pulpit. Pulpit, okay. Some, some books. Some books, okay. Right. I haven't heard you mention anything about waves <laughs> or, or sand. Or beaches, here. boardwalk. You didn't see them. You mean you can't just see them any place that you walk? No. You had you have to be there. You have to be on that path. Yes, you do. All right. Thanks very much. There are many times that we desire the things of God, but wish to walk somewhere else. If you desire to walk on the beach, folks, you can't get it here. You have to get to the beach, don't you? If you want to walk on the beach and feel the sand and see the waves and hear the ocean and hear the seagulls, you got to be on the beach. You can't be here and get that. So if you want to get what God has as His benefits, you have to walk in His way. I put it this way in your outline. The way in which I walk produces the scenery I will enjoy. Now, I know that's deep theology. <laughs> but where you're going to walk is what you're going to see. So we have to make sure that we are walking in the right way. God has a way, but there's also a destroyer out there who wants us to walk in that way. If we want to walk healed lives, walk in, walk in the way of divine healing, then we must walk in the way that He has told us to. And we'll see why. First off, let's take a look at the nature of our enemy. In Revelations 12, 9, So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and His angels were cast out with Him. Who deceives the whole world. The job of Satan is deception. That's what he does. He goes out to deceive. We find out at the end of the millennial reign, he is released and he does the same thing he did before. He deceives the whole world. Here in Revelation 12, it's talking about being a deceiver as well. He is a deceiver. John 10.10 says, The thief comes does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. How does Satan kill, steal, and destroy? What's his method of operation? What's his MO? Deception. If he is going to steal, if he is going to kill, if he is going to destroy, he is going to do it through deception. He can't just go out there and say, I don't like Steve, I'm going to kill him today. He can't say, I want something that Steve has. I'm going to go out there and take it. Can't do that. 
He does it through deception. He sometimes deceives people around you. He sometimes deceives you. But he does it through deception. This is what he does. This is his method of operation. It is the nature of Satan to steal, to kill, and destroy and use deception to accomplish that. Now let's take a look at some of the traits that we'll notice here. First off, when he is a deceiver, he's uh, he's out there to deceive. That's one of the things he'll do. He deceives. Isn't lying part of deception? If you are going to deceive someone, do you not have to lie? Tell a falsehood. Tell something that's not right. In Proverbs 26, 28, a lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it and a flattering mouth works ruin. Proverbs also talks about the seven things God hates. Deception is one of them. You ought to go out there and look that up. I was going to put that in your outline and, and didn't. But you can find that. But lying is, is every time that I operate in a lie, in deception, in lying, whose nature am I mimicking? So whose way am I on? So whose benefits am I going to get? Whose view will I enjoy? Aren't you going that way? When I have willingly said, I am going to lie. I am going to deceive the people around me. Who put that in your heart? Did God? Are you following after God's way? Has God gone out to deceive people? No. So when I embrace that, then I am embracing the nature of Satan. I'm embracing His way. I'm not letting my steps be ordered of God or established by Him. Stealing. It's part of the deception. You're going to steal. You, you somehow want to deceive people into you know, not knowing that you're there. Not knowing that you're reaching into their pocket or not knowing that you're taking something from them. There's deception that's involved with it. He's out there to steal. Proverbs 29.24 Whoever is a partner with a thief hates his own life. He swears to tell the truth but reveals nothing. Don't partner with a thief. You hate your own life. Who is it that puts in your heart to steal? To take something that belongs to someone else? Is it God? Are you following after God's pattern? Following after whose pattern? Satan's. So we're going along His steps. If I go along His steps, whose benefits do I have? His. He's a deceiver. So I've got to stop deceiving. Even a little bit because I'm going after His nature. Now, I'm not saying that if you practice lying and stealing that you're not saved. Thank God we can be because there's forgiveness for, for all that sort of stuff. But why would you want to follow after the nature of Satan when you're pursuing the nature of God? In Revelations 12 and verse 10, it says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of, of our God and the power of His Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. We can see that a second thing here that he does besides deceive is accuse. The devil sits around and accuses folks. Now, in accusing, does he operate in the area of deception? He must because the way that God combats that is to confront him with truth. So he must be applying deception somehow in the accusing that he brings forth. Now, do we follow in these these paths? Have you ever accused people around you of doing something that you know they didn't do in order to bring them down in the view of others? Have you ever engaged in gossip? We know that God doesn't like gossip. What is gossip doing? 
accusing brethren of something to someone else. Right? Even if it's true. You really have no business doing it. You are following after the nature of Satan. You are standing before others and accusing them. Did you hear what so-and-so did? And, and besides that, they did this too. And, and you know what they said? Aren't I following after Satan's pattern? Every time that you embrace gossip, you are embracing the steps of Satan and his nature. Whose benefits are you going to get from that? Boy, it gets quiet in here. I know we're missing people. Folks are in different places today. But you all are here. Don't be an accuser of the brethren. Don't go out there and accuse, accuse them. You're following after the wrong nature. Here's another one. Deceive, accuse, control. Doesn't the devil go out to try and control people? How about possession? When people are possessed by an evil spirit, is, do they not lose some sort of control? Do the people in the Bible that were possessed of spirits, were they not losing control? There's other ways besides possession to do it. How many of you have ever been, uh, people, people around you, ever attempted to control you through guilt? Anybody ever try to make you feel guilty? Get you to do something? Whose nature is that following? Does God try and get you to do things by making you feel guilty? Who does that? Satan? So whose nature do we follow? If you fall into the trap of trying to control other people by making them feel guilty so that they do something that you want, you have not followed after God's pattern. You have not followed after God's nature. And you are embracing a nature contrary to the one that you have. Alcohol. Does not alcohol, you get drunk with alcohol, does not alcohol take over and you lose some control? Does not drugs do the same thing? And who's, or, who's uh, brought about drunkenness and drug addiction? Certainly isn't God, is it? Well, let's go to another one that he, that he does. Hate. Does hate come from God? No. Who does hate come from? Satan. In Psalms 11, verse 5, The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence, his soul hates. He does. He hates those that are in this in this area. Now God God can declare this, and sometimes we get the idea that all hate is bad. All hate is bad. When God sees people that are out there using others, acting wickedly to bring them down, He gets fire mad. And if you want to see how God acts on that, go to the Book of Revelation that we just finished on Wednesday nights, and you look at the wrath He pours out. He who, remember, look at verse 26. He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. Lays up deceit. If you have to disguise a hate, then you know that your hate is not founded on a belief from the Word of God because you're hiding it. If you believed that you hated an action correctly, you wouldn't hide it. Does God hide what He hates? He comes right out and says it, does it? But as soon as you begin to deceive and to practice deceit in that, how many of you have somebody who challenges you? Don't raise your hand. Who challenges you in your love walk? 
We'll put it nice. Put it that way. Challenges you in your love walk. Every time you see them, it just churns on the inside. And you're, here's that person. Oh, I, and you go up to them. Hi, how you doing? You look so nice today. It's so good to see you. I'm so glad you came. What are you doing? I'm practicing deceit to cover up hate, aren't I? What you ought to do is if your hate, first off, is based on something biblical, then you ought to go up to, like John says, you brought a vipers, who brought you here? Didn't John do that? You brought a vipers, who warned you to get out? Another statement, you made your followers twice as fit for hell as you are yourselves. That's always a good one. Now, if we feel we have to cover up dis- our dislike for someone or their actions, then I'm feeling like I'm operating against my belief. But if I know God has said this is wrong, when Paul had anger towards people who were dragging down believers, did he cover it up? He wrote about him. He said, you stay away from this one. Don't let this one into the church. Don't believe this one. He's evil. Doesn't he warn them about that? But as soon as we have these kind of feelings... And we know it's all selfish. I just don't like what they did to me. I just don't like the way they smell. I just don't like the way they talk. I just don't like this. I don't like what they had. They have a better job than me. I know it's wrong. And so I try and hide it. Cover it up. Now, if you know that it's wrong, deal with your flesh on it. Don't go out there and say nasty things just so you're not covering up. Deal with the flesh on that. Get that under control. Get out of that hate. Because that's not good to have. I'm not telling you going out there and don't cover up your hate anymore. Just go out there and hate people. Because you know operating hate isn't good. The, the, there's a, that's why I read that first verse for you. There is a, a hatred that God has. You have to mimic His hatred. You have to go after it His way, the way He does it. You can't go after it your way and say, well, I'm doing it like God did. God hated those who drug others down, who harmed others, who deceived others. These are the things that bothered him. Not they had a better job. Not they had more money. Not they had a nicer car. Not they had better clothes. Nothing like that. 1 John 2, verse 11, But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. If the devil can get you to follow, put your steps in a direction of hate, He leads you into darkness, which is against God, which is away from God, which is not His benefits. Therefore, you can't get revelation. You can't understand the Word of God. You're in darkness. And you trip over things in darkness and you fall over things and you get hurt. Don't be in darkness. 1 John 3.15 Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Now, it's talking about continual hatred there. And we could get into all the things that it's meaning there, but I just want you to get this idea. Don't go around hating people. If you've got that hatred on the inside of you, get rid of it. Now, if it's based on things where they are dragging folks down, they are hurting people, then get out there and speak the truth to them. Don't just cover it up and be real nice to them. Just get out there and say, do you know what you're doing is hurting people? Do you know you are deceiving people? Do you know that... Get, get out there and tell them. Make sure it's based on beliefs. But when we operate in hate... We operate under the nature of someone else, not God. Have you ever hated, felt hatred towards someone 
And you know it's not justified. They haven't done any wrong to anybody. I mean, they're as imperfect as you are. They're not going after any of the things that God has said. And God even loves sinners, so just don't think just because they're sinning, you have a right to hate them. God loves sinners. Spend some time, you can find out from the Word of God what causes God to get moved that way. And it takes some things. Don't follow after hate. Don't hate people. Did you ever hate your brother or sister growing up? Or even now? I mean, those little brothers are ornery and pesky and full of energy and making all kinds of noises. Those older sisters are motherly and get into your business and try and do this and that. And I mean, some of them even go out and try and put makeup on you. But don't hate them. Don't let that get in. Don't hate your mom and dad. Don't hate your aunts and uncles. Don't hate your pastor. Amen. Thought I'd better throw that in while we're, while we're on there. <laughs> now, hatred's of, you're falling after the wrong nature. Don't go after that. Another thing that he does is he seeks worship. Satan seeks worship. He's been building on things so that in the end times, he's going to have all worship directed to him. He's looking forward to this time. I wrote some Proverbs scriptures there. You can go look them up on your own. They talk about false worship and things of that nature. But look at Deuteronomy chapter 12, 29-31. When the Lord your God cuts off from before you the nations which you go to dispose, dispossess, and you displace them and dwell in their land, take heed to yourselves that you are not ensnared to follow them after they are destroyed from before you, and that you do not inquire after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? I will also do likewise." You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. For every abomination to the Lord which He hates, they have done to their gods. For they burn even their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. That's something that got God in the area of hate. And they did this sort of thing. And Israel, unfortunately, did actually follow suit and did some of the same things here. But He said, don't do it. Sorcery. Isn't sorcery just a way to get people to, to worship God or worship Satan? Sorcery just a way to get people to worship Satan? They, he, ex- he exercises some power because Satan has some power. He doesn't have the kind of power that God has, but he has some power. And people can tap into that and they can do some evil things and they can do some cool looking things and it gets them attracted and they get pulled into it not realizing they're going along that way. If you're going to go along that way, guess what your scenery is going to be? Guess what your benefit package is going to include? That's why you don't follow after that stuff. Don't even get involved with it. Ouija boards came out when I was young. I knew better. I was told I stayed away from I didn't play with them. Don't play with them. Don't pull them out. Don't. I'll just try it. If it's going on in the room, get out of the house. If it's not your house, get out of the house. If it's your house, kick out who's ever doing it. It's your brother or sister. Probably not better to kick them out, but go to mom and dad. Get them. Deal with it. Do not let that kind of stuff go on in the house. This wasn't going on when I was growing up, but that game Dungeons and Dragons, that came out. I heard about that. That's even worse. It's just uh, absolutely demonic. I've heard people that this game has gotten completely, complete hold of. Don't let this stuff get, get in your house, get hold of you. Sorcery will try and get in and try and give you the power. Oh, look at the power I can tap into. He's trying to get your worship. If you follow after His footsteps, if you follow after His ways, if you take on His nature, you will take on His benefits. What benefits do you know come to Satan? You already know a few, don't you? 
I don't want any of those. Stay out of it. You don't need that stuff. Well, another thing, he's filled with pride. He's filled with pride. Pride is what caused him to fall. He thought he was so beautiful. The Old Testament tells us about his downfall. As it talks about the king of Tyre, the prophecy went out. I believe Ezekiel gave it. Talked about Satan's downfall. How he thought he was all that. Look how good I am. Well, Proverbs 16.18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Just know it. Pride goes before a fall. Before you're going to fall, you're going to get prideful about it. And the devil is trying to pull you into that. He's trying to get you to go and be prideful. Look who I am. I'm somebody. I should be declared as something more than what people are declaring me as. And if you follow after that, whose nature are you taking on? And again, if you take on His nature, whose benefits do you get? Whose scenery do you enjoy? Well, I wanted to give you a couple of examples in the Word of God on this. You can write this down, whatever you want to write down on this. I didn't put it in your outline. There wasn't a whole lot of room there. But when Adam and Eve sinned, they didn't just sin, did they? They took on the nature of Satan. They took on the sin nature. Got that right from Satan. And it changed them. Didn't it change their relationship to God? Didn't it change? God said, in the day you do it, you will surely die. He was talking spiritually. They died spiritually as soon as they ate that, even though physically it didn't, it didn't uh, manifest that way. God told them about that. But they were deceived and they took that on. And what did they get for it in its place? A different nature. Cain, what did he begin to do? He began to think ill of his brother. He began to hate his brother. And thoughts began to come in and he decided that he could kill somebody. No one had ever done that yet. But he decided he could do that. At least as far as we know, no one had. Nimrod was another one. He took on Satan's nature and he created a whole false religious system. Satan just put it right into him. We studied that in the book of Revelation. Asa. King Asa. He was a God-fearing king. And he was pursuing God. And then something happened. He got filled up with pride and he went the wrong way. And it says that he died sick. He said something happened to his feet. Feet got sick. Died sick that way. And even in his sickness, it said he didn't turn back, back to God. Too filled with pride. David with Bathsheba. He was up there on his rooftop. A thought got sowed on the inside of him. He pursued it. He went over there and called Bathsheba. They, be, they went on, had a, she got pregnant. And so he decided to try and cover it up. That didn't work through deception. And then he had deception to use to, to commit murder. And this was going on for months. And he felt fine about all this. He felt okay about all, all this. Still paid the worshipers to be worshiping in the temple. Still showed up there. He felt fine. Nothing changed in David's life. And then all of a sudden the prophet came in and gave him the story about how someone stole a sheep. Stole a sheep. He, whose nature did he follow after? Now look at this. When David followed after Satan's nature, whose benefits did he pick up? God's? No. And the prophet said what about the child? The child that would be born would die. And David mourned and David prayed and David fasted and the child still died. 
Now we can get into all the doctrine and spend a, you know two Sundays on that probably, and you could probably understand it better. But it's not that not that uh, complex as to why that child died. God kind of gave the reasons for it in there. But when you embrace Satan's nature, you take on his benefits. Don't do it. Stay out of it. Ananias and Sapphira. Didn't they take on Satan's nature and decided to, as Peter put it, lie to the Holy Spirit? And what happened to them? Dropped dead and died. Aaron and Miriam. Did they not take on Satan's nature and rebel against Moses? What caused the rebellion? They began to be filled with pride like, well, we're somebody too. Who's Moses think that he's the only one that can talk to God? We're someone too. We ought to have a place. And pride came up and God struck him down. And Miriam had leprosy. Aaron did not. Because God values men more than women. No, it's not. Aaron got spared because he was the high priest. It was the only thing that got him off. Otherwise, Aaron would have got hit too. God was mad with Aaron. The only thing that kept Aaron alive was that high priest thing he wore. Aaron messed up too many times. And when you'll notice if you go back in the Old Testament, you find out when he took that high priest garment off, he died. So Aaron and Miriam, they got into rebellion. She got sick. Whole camp had to wait for her to get well before they could go on. Korah, rebellion, rose up. We're somebody too. How come we can't do these things? Rose up in rebellion. And God isolated them. He said, put all those followers out there all by themselves and they all got over there by themselves and what happened to them? They died. Instantly, they're dead. They're dead. We saw a couple of rebellions in the Old Testament. As soon as they rebelled, earth opened up, fire comes down, takes care of them. Elijah has 50 soldiers who come up and are arrogant and prideful against the Most High God. And he says, if I am a man of God, may fire come down and burn you up. And it did. And they sent a second batch. And fire came down and burned that one up. And they sent a third one. The third one said, I'm not going to embrace the nature of Satan. I don't know if he thought that or, or said that, but that's what he did. And he said, he came very humbly. He says, please, sir, don't burn us up. It's not our fault. The king wants you to come. Will you please just come? And he says, all right, I'll go with you. And so he went. Now here's something interesting. If this is so true, that if you take on Satan's nature, you can cause your body to go in a direction of sickness. If that is so true, should we see it in the ministry of Jesus? Wouldn't it be better if if we just saw a case where Jesus dealt with that? Well, doggone if we didn't see that. Remember the man who's lowered down in the, into the meeting? And what's Jesus say? Arise and be healed? Your sins are forgiven. Apparently they were connected somehow. Now we talked about hindrances to healing. And most times that Jesus healed people, He just healed them. He didn't sit there and try and go through their closet and figure out all the things they did that was wrong. If you were here on Wednesday... Many of you were not, but if you're here on Wednesday, we showed that teaching by Keith Moore. Oh, I thought that was a great teaching. Really enjoyed that. And he was showing the separation between sins that take on the nature of Satan and sins that are just actions of sin. 
Wonderful little job. Just a little side thing he did on it, but wonderful job he, he did on that. It was good. I'm going to see if we can get permission. We'll post it up on our website. So those of you who weren't here can at least hear it. But understand, there's a difference between acts of sin and sins that take over your nature. There's a difference in that. And God judges it differently as well. I always get, get a, a bit angry when I hear people who lump all sin together. If you've been here for a long time, you know that. I've taught about it a number of times. You all probably have it down. But all sins in the Word of God are not equal. It sounds spiritual. It sounds good. Oh, the forgiveness of God is there. All sins are equal. God can just forgive anything just as much. Sins are not equal, folks. There are many different categories of sin. There are sins that affect you. That's one level of sin. Other are sins that affect other people. That's a much higher level. The Word of God puts sexual sins in a whole different category by themselves. It says all other sins are outside the body. Those sins are inside the body. Within the body. Puts them in a whole different category. All sins are not equal. All sins can be forgiven. Glory to God for that. So don't let the devil get you all down on that. But don't get this idea that all sins are equal. There are some sins that stir up the hatred of God and other sins that just stir up the punishment and judgment side of God. You can go through the Word of God just like I can and figure them all out. As time goes on, we probably reteach over some of those things again. But now we, we looked at the nature of Satan, and that's probably enough on the negative side. How about we go over to the positive side? Amen. Let's look at some good things. The nature of God. Well, first off, and we'll, we're just going to counteract each of these false ones. The first thing we saw about Satan was that he was a deceiver. The first thing we see about the nature of God is truth. Psalm 57, verse 3. He shall sin from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. Selah. God shall send forth His mercy and His truth. Now, you could pull how many scriptures out talk about the truth of God. This is just one. I didn't want to fill up your outline with all that. You can probably know, know all those. But truth. God is truth. God is truth. God has to, what God says, folks, is truth. Whether you understand it or not, it's still truth. When the, when the uh, scientists first came up with the idea, who was the, was it Newton who came up with the idea that the earth was round? Can't remember that. Galileo? Galileo was the guy. Came up with the, uh, earth was round. Now, no one believed him. But wasn't it truth? Amen. <laughs> yeah. If you understand the Bible, you can find it right from there. But, Truth is truth whether you believe it or not. And false is false even if you do believe it. That's why you've got to get into the Word of God and find out what is truth. It's your responsibility. Just because you believe a thing to be true doesn't make it so. Second thing was mercy. That verse talked about it right there. The devil wants to go around and accuse. God wants to extend mercy. God loves to extend mercy. He just loves pouring out mercy. He likes finding those folks who no one else thinks ought to get any mercy and bring them to a point and they repent and God says, I got mercy for you. Paul, one of the greatest sinners in the world. And he repented and what did God say? Sorry, not enough mercy for you. <laughs> you think Paul embraced the nature of Satan in some of those things that he was doing? But he was forgiven. Glory to God, he was forgiven. Mercy. Psalm 85, verse 9 and 10. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. 
mercy and truth have met together. These two are, this is the nature of God. When you operate in truth, you operate according to God's nature. When you operate in mercy, you operate according to God's nature. You follow God's path. You go along God's beach. And what is the scenery that you enjoy? What are the benefits that you receive? Deuteronomy 1.38 and 3.28 Joshua the son of Nun who stands before you, he shall go before Go in there. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. This is something else that's the nature of God. God is an encourager. God encourages and guides. Encourages and guides. He's not like Satan. What does Satan do? Control. He wants to control. He wants to manipulate. He wants to force you to do what he wants you to do. God encourages and guides. You see the opposite? When you get into it and you follow after a way and you are encouraging and guiding, you are following after the nature of God. When you get into a place where you operate control through manipulation, guilt, falseness, lies, deception, however it is that you want to operate that control, you are following after whose nature? Satan's. And guess what benefits you get? I haven't said that enough times yet, have I? You'll have that down by the time you get done here. Because I'm going to keep saying it a few more times. Well, we saw that the fourth area we got into on Satan was hate. Guess what the fourth area is for God? Love. God, in, in 1 John 4, 8 and 16, it said God is love. And actually the Greek there says, God as to His nature is love. The nature of God is love, you could say. That's God's nature. When you operate within the nature of God, you operate in love. And it's God's love. It's not this human love. It's God's love. God's love is firm sometimes. God's love offers discipline when it's needed. Encouragement. Mercy. Truth. This is the love of God. When you operate in the love of God, guess whose benefits you enjoy? God's. And we come to adore our God and not ourselves. God wants to be adored. So does Satan. If you want to walk after that area and, and adore Him, go ahead. But you, you won't see me over there. I don't want that benefit package. I want God's benefit package. So I'm going to walk after Him. And I'm going to worship and adore Him. I'm not here to worship and adore myself. I'm not here to worship and adore you. We're here to worship and adore God. Every time I go on down the street singing songs, worshiping God, guess what I'm doing? Following after the nature of God. I am adorning, adorn, adorning God. I am worshiping God. I'm following after His nature. Every time I think thoughts of love, I'm enjoying the nature of God. Now, how many times does it happen that your spouse says something? Your kids Say something. Your parents say something. And it gets under your skin. And you get mad. And you go off there and you're not thinking. Nice, loving thoughts. You're thinking, why do I have these parents? Why do I have these kids? Of all the kids in the world. Why do I have this boss? And you begin to think thoughts. And... and Punishments come to mind. 
ways to get back, justifications, all that sort of stuff. It all comes in. Rebellion, deception, lies, all that begins to come in. Where does it come from? You forgot already? It comes from the nature of Satan. When I embrace the nature of Satan, I embrace his benefits. I embrace his benefits. How many of you want Satan's benefits? Is joy a nature of God? When I operate in joy, whose benefit package do I enjoy then? God's. When I operate in worry, strife, what's that do? Is God worried about anything? Am I following after His nature? Does God have any strife? So, whose nature do I follow after? And I will enjoy His benefit package. I don't want His benefit package. Now, there's a whole lot of folks out there that are sick, have high blood pressure. You know why? Because they're stressed out. Because they worry. Because they're, they don't have joy in their heart. They have anger. Nasty thoughts. Get that stuff out. Doctors will even tell you that laughing is a good thing for your body. Just releases good stuff. It's a good thing for your body. But you get so caught up with worry and strife and anger and deception and all the things. How many of you feel like laughing? I mean, you can look at some people and say, oh, they haven't laughed in a while. And they're all sick and crumbled up with all kinds of diseases and stuff. Get out of the nature of, God, of, of, of Satan. Get into the nature of God. You don't need that stuff. Every time, you've got you to understand this. Every time that you operate in Satan's nature, who ordered your steps? It wasn't God. Remember those verses we looked at in the beginning? I want God to order my steps. I want Him to set my steps. If I let Satan set my steps, what is His ultimate purpose, folks? To steal, kill, and destroy. So what path does He put you on? The path of the destroyer. That doesn't sound like a good path to me. I don't like that road. That's the path of the destroyer. Now, now look at it this way. How many of you are afraid of dying? They got into that a little bit on Wednesday night. How many of you are afraid of dying? Good. Nobody's here. We know where we're going to go. I'm not afraid to die. Just for that, I think I'm going to go out and bungee jump tomorrow. <laughs> now, we're not afraid of dying. Who wants to be afraid? of? We're, we're excited about where we're going to go. It's a good thing. But don't get following after the path of the destroyer. Just, well, if I die, I'll go to heaven. Don't, don't mess with that area. Stay out of that. He is a destroyer. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to snuff out what God gave you. Don't let Him do it. Amen. Go after God. Say, God, I'm going to live this life to all that you want me to. And when I'm done, I'm on my way. I'll be home. If you want God's benefits package, I need to work for Him. Work for God. Don't get into a works mentality. You don't earn your salvation. You don't earn your salvation. You've got to get saved before you can ever get, qualify for the benefit package. You don't earn that. Then once you're there, operate in truth 
mercy, encouragement, love, joy. Operate in these things. Make these a part of you. Get them so that they are your nature. You all understand nature. How many of you, when you have a one of those zip packages over at home and you need to open it, how many of you grab a piece of wood? <laughs> Anybody grab a piece of wood? Not usually. What do you grab? Knife, scissors, not plastic scissors, not those safety scissors. You want real scissors. Why? Because you know the nature of metal is much more effective against plastic than is the nature of wood. It is much more effective. If you want to be effective in this life, if you want to be effective to overcome all your worries, all your cares, all your concerns, anything that comes against you in the area of health, anything that comes against you in the area of money, if you want to be effective in that area, you must have the right nature. The nature is the nature of God. You want to have the right nature. I was talking to somebody about this this week. I didn't watch too much of them, but I watched some of the Olympics. Got to see uh, Phelps uh, win his um, number. I'm trying to think which one I saw. I don't, I don't know which one you saw, but I think I saw number six and number seven. And number six, I think that was the night. And they went and they evaluated his body. Did you see that one? And they talked about how his torso was for the size of a man six foot eight, but his legs were for the size of a man six foot. So his, he was a little bit elongated up top. His arms were much longer. His hands were so large and the size of his feet and all this. You know, all that that made. They said, if you were going to make a super swimmer, this is, this is what it would look like. <laughs> he had the nature of a swimmer. That if you put him into the water with proper training, he would excel. Did he not excel? He did pretty, did he get number eight? There you go. Good guy. Good guy. I didn't see him. Guess I was busy. <laughs> he beat the Aussies? Oh, that's even better. <laughs> but there's a, there's a nature to a thing. If you want to be effective in this life, you've got to adopt the right nature. If you adopt the wrong nature, that's why you're ineffective. It's like trying to use a piece of wood to open up a plastic bag. It's not sharp. It doesn't hold that sharpness. But a knife, a piece of metal, no problem. Get into the nature of God. If you adopt the nature of God, you can cut through things that are giving you trouble right now. Amen. If school is giving you trouble and you, and you keep being told by people, you, you can't get that, you won't be able to understand that, you can go through and say, I have the nature of God, which means I have the mind of Christ. I can understand this. You keep going through, I can understand this. I can learn this. I can do it. Keep telling yourself that. Change your nature. You can do it. Get into the nature of God. Because when you follow after God's nature, you follow after His benefits. You accept His benefits. You have joy in your life. You have peace in your life. You have all sufficiency in your life. You have health and healing in your life. Glory to God. It's a much better way to live. Adopt the nature of God. Let His nature get a hold of you. Follow after it. Every time you decide to go after deception, lying, stealing, rebellion, 
control, guilt, hate, pride. What else do we have in there? Any of those things. Anytime that you pick up that stuff, you are adapting yourself to the nature Satan. You're adapting yourself to the nature of Satan. Quit adapting yourself to that nature. Adapt yourself to the nature of God. Walk in love. Walk in joy. Walk in peace. Walk in submission. Yeah, we all like that word, don't we? Don't sit there and accuse. Encourage. Find people that you can go out there and encourage. And you see what it, doesn't, what it does for you. You see how your life changes. When you're going around there instead of spreading gossip and accusing other people, you find them and you encourage them. Hey, you know what? You did a pretty good job. I really appreciate the way that you do this. I really appreciate the way that you are this way. Instead of going around to other people and undermining them and talking evil about them and badly about them. You want the benefit package? You've got to work for the right employer. Amen. If you want God's benefits, folks, work for God. Do His work. If you want Satan's benefits, well, you know where to go. But I don't want them. Look at people that follow after Satan. Uncertainty as far as death. Fear in this life. Sickness and disease. And they work for someone who wants to kill them. And it has to deceive them, but lead them in a place of death. Ah, don't follow after that. Follow after the things of what God has. Word of God says before we went over this, take heed what you hear. You make sure that you are hearing things that steer you in the direction to go in the nature of God. Don't listen to people who try and get you to tell lies. Around school, oh, just, just lie about this. Just cover this up. Nope, don't do it. Around work, try and get you, just lie about this. Just cover this up. Just involve yourself with this kind of gossip. Resist it. Don't go after it. Keep telling yourself, I'm adapting myself to a different nature. My steps are ordered of God. They're not ordered of Satan. And I will enjoy His benefits. They're the ones I want. Did y'all stand up with me? As we continue going through these series on healing, there's still some things that some of you are affected with, hit by, hindered by. And I expect that the Word of God is going to come to life for you on some of these things, you're going to understand, oh, I can get out of this. I can overcome this. I can get out of this area. And when that happens, I want you to act on it. Amen. I want you to say, I have faith now. Lay hands on me. Speak the name of Jesus over me. Whatever it is, I'm ready to receive healing on this now. And what happens when hands are laid on you, the name of Jesus is spoken over you, prayers are made, what happens in your body? You receive healing power. And when does that healing power start working? When you feel it? Immediately, whether you feel it or not, it starts working. And you keep it going by continually believing. Father God, I thank You that that power is in me, working mightily to accomplish what it set out to do. That I am healed. And that power is working in me, creating a healing and a cure. Glory to God.